Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. That's it. I thought you'd say something else. Oh, why? You I always say something else. I know. I first. usually have, have something else to say, don't I? Yeah. I mean, Justin, in, in our uh, re- long relationship, she goes. You, I've found you always have something to say. Uh, Well, I, you know what? It's tough. I've been on the road a lot lately. I've been, uh, uh, we went to Cincinnati to visit beautiful Kings Island. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was a San Diego Comic-Con. You and I took a trip up to Columbus. It's just been very, a lot. And we're gearing up to go to the beach soon for vacation. There's just a lot of travel. And I have been growing lots of delicata squash. That's true. That's what I've been doing. You went with me to several of the things I just I mentioned. Okay. I know. I'm just saying I am growing a You're lot a very squash. busy dynamic woman. I don't want to give the wrong impression. I, I am busy. I am busy. Um, you know, uh, travel is a great lead-in to our topic today. Even when I do one that's so organic, you can't help yourself. You, ha- <laughs> you have to. You, I didn't know if it was intentional. It, of course it was. I've been doing this since 2008. Of course it was. I've been doing this for 15 years. Of course it was. Was it really, or do you? It was like, yeah, yes. There wasn't an accident. See, I just thought it was an accident. Anyway, I was um, so proud of myself. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Chris. Chris from Long Island. Thank you. He's Chris. our sponsor for this week. <laughs> when you need uh, authentic artisanal soaps and other handcrafted goods, come to Chris from Long Island. I have no evidence. Use our that coupon Chris, code. <laughs> that Chris from Long Island can make you artisanal soaps. See, I don't know. They might. Chris, that Chris might do that. I don't Sawyer, know. Sawyer's but like twelve, and he can make artisanal soaps. That's true. That's true. Some Sawyer. Sawyer can make uh-huh. artisanal soaps. Why so can't Chris we love your soap, Sawyer? Thank you. Thanks, thanks, Sawyer. I don't know. I don't know. Chris may do that. Chris did not detail that. Just introduced me to this uh, illness, this historical well, this malady. Even worse that I did. Well, like not, not didn't introduce it into my body, like into my system. <laughs> But, like, told me about it in an right. email right. that I appreciated and then uh, inspired this episode. So um, we're going to talk about something called railway madness. Okay. Have you ever heard that Never. term? Okay. I hadn't either. Um, but before we talk about railway madness, the, the reason that it has kind of come to popular attention right at this moment mm-hmm. is because of a sort of related issue that um, was first brought up that—, that Chris talked about, and then some people, some YouTubers have been talking about, and I thought might be just like, you know how sometimes we talk about shark attacks a lot, Mm -hmm. but it's not because there were more shark attacks. It's just because everybody started talking about shark attacks. You know that that phenomenon? Yeah. 
I kind of thought that's what this was, but it turns out it might not be. So the question that that gave rise to this episode was why are so many people um, having some sort of episode, whatever it is, on airplanes these days? Mm. Are you asking? Was that rhetorical or are you asking me? Do you know? Do I know? Did you know that was happening? Did you know that there were more? I mean, uh, I know uh, that we see a lot of video evidence of it. It does seem to be, um, I'll say, related. I don't know. There's been an uptick of that kind of thing at Disney World. There's been, really? Yeah, there's been uh, an uptick in, like, violence, uh, people fighting their uh, fighting cast members. Remember that one oh, yeah. cat that got super drunk in the Mexico Pavilion and then started running through the, the kind of ziggurat they got there and people had to chase them down and it threw a barrier at some people like there's been a lot of that kind of thing now listen and you know when i hear that i think like well epcot with your drinking around the world you've been set up for that for a long time but that's always been epcot that's true worse that's true i do feel like it's more of a thing now people make t-shirts about it well certainly during food and wine festival (laughs) i mean you're that just kicked off yesterday they have so so many drinking festivals though like they have lots of drinking festivals (laughs) Anyway. Even Flower and Garden, they'd be like, oh, this is hibiscus margarita. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're all drinking festivals. Um, so I, my first thought was, are people really, and when I say, I'm using the term episodes because it's like we're, we're capturing a wide variety of, of sure. things that are happening that cause people to behave in ways on airplanes that are probably not conducive to air travel <laughs> for them or anyone right. else on board. I didn't think it was true. I thought, well, it's probably just that, one, we're noticing it, and two, um, phones. Like, we film them, and when, then we put them on YouTube and TikTok and all the other social media apps, and so we're just right. seeing them, right? We're of just course. aware of them. What, what, um, that's some kind of bias. But then I found this article bias. that was published in the LA Times a month ago where there was a, an analysis done by the International Air Transport Association, and basically they said unruly passenger incidents. So I guess that's the term. Yeah, that, a little bit more of a mouthful. That they use. Unruly passenger incidents on airplanes increased 47% from 2021 to 2022. So they have gone up. From 2021 to 2022? Yes. Uh, okay. And they weren't, okay, this this is not, so there was an uptick in mask-related incidents. Yes. Yes. We are talking about even after they here's stopped what I, the mask here's what mandate. I think it is. Here's what, here's what, 2021 the people are like, wow, I don't care about the mask. It's just so great to be on a plane. I love this. Just to be around this many other people, what a joy. Then 2022, they're like, ah, other people, I forgot. Ugh. I hate this. I hate this. And, and certainly, like, all of that plays into the statistics, like, how many people, but, I mean, we're talking percentages, so, like, the number of people, although the more people, uh, you know, like, were more people flying in 2022 than right. 2021? Almost certainly, right? Did, like, did, were there definite... Um, I think you could probably, there's definitely some economic factors here with like budgetary mm-hmm. shortfalls, labor shortages all over. Um, I know there's a problem for a lot of these places. So a lot of things play into this. Like, why would that happen? I mean, I'm not going to tell you the one answer because there's so many confounders to that. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Um, but there've been some really famous incidents, I think, on social media. The, the one that a lot of people, uh, noticed, I think I, it was surfaced to me on my TikTok, I know, about the the passenger who thought there was someone in their seat next to them who was there who wasn't there, like an imaginary person. There was an incident where somebody thought they were stuck in a time loop and was becoming very upset and distressed, as, as you would, would be as one would, if yeah. you were stuck in a time loop. Um, there was another one where the a person charged the door and tried to open the plane during the flight. 
Yikes. Because of some, again, and like in all these incidents, what is happening exactly? We don't know. I mean, it's not like afterwards, the, the airline, there was no responsibility of the airline to give you a follow-up later to be like, just so everybody knows, here's what was going on. We don't know, right? We know that something happened. Someone became very distressed and upset and it was dangerous for everyone on board, including the person who's upset. Um, and usually if you look at like statistically, why do these things happen on planes? Alcohol is a huge factor. I'm not saying in any of these cases. I don't know. I have no idea. But a lot of the times people get really drunk on planes. They get drunk in airports. They get drunk on planes. And then they behave in the ways drunk people behave. Um, there are people who it's it's just the annoyance of being on an airplane sometimes. The person next to you is bothering you in some way that probably is pretty minor. And were you both on land, <laughs> you would just walk away from each other. But since you're crammed in this metal tube next to each other and you can't move and you then everything they're doing is really wearing on you. And so then a minor incident becomes something really intense. Um, or it might just be like a lot of people are afraid of flying. So you have all that fear and that anxiety. Mm -hmm. Get you and then, humped up, mm -hmm. fight or flight. Decide to fight because you can't fly because you're already flying. And that can manifest as a lot of paranoia. If you're somebody who starts thinking like, I'm feeling this way, does it mean something? Which a lot of people do. I have a sinking feeling. Does it mean something bad's going to happen on this flight? No. I mean, if you have a literal <laughs> well, sinking feeling, that means something else. Um, Why would it be more? Well, we know that people are drinking more. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we've seen that. And probably this is related in part to the pandemic, but there are lots of factors, mm -hmm. lots of things in that too. We're, by the way, we're drinking more liquor specifically. Huh. These are U.S. stats. People in the U.S. are drinking more liquor. Mm. We are drinking as much liquor as we did during the Civil War days. Weird. That's a lot. Yes. Like I we've shifted away from beer and we're drinking more liquor. So there's that. Um, I think the pandemic has contributed to this in myriad ways. I think there's been so, there was so much fear and anxiety around travel, around being on planes, around being around other people. It makes sense that that would play into people's already sort of underlying fears, anxieties, or chronic mental illnesses. Um, we have seen cases of psychosis in general are increasing. Mm -hmm. We don't know why. Uh, mm -hmm. There is the thought, is it related to COVID? About 77% of the U.S. population has had COVID as of the end of 2022. They have found evidence that that's how many of us, and now it'll be higher than that, right? So, like, eventually sure. 100% of the U.S. has had COVID. If the concern has been, can COVID cause long-lasting mental health issues such as anxiety, depression, or even psychosis, can they? Can it? Mm -hmm. uh, we don't know. There have been some correlations. Nobody is sure. It's been suggested. We don't know. There are more incidents happening on planes, mm -hmm. it seems. There's a lot of factors, and the question is, what is it about specifically travel that seems to trigger this? Now, does this tie into the railroad? Rail it does. Railroad? The railroad? The railroad? <laughs> the railroad? You just want to talk about trains, don't you? Yeah. They're cool. That's what you sound like a little kid. Who's yeah. just, you just excited really about wanna, trains. I know. You're excited about the trains. You want to talk about the trains. So— I think what's interesting is there is precedent for it in that we saw this kind of problem early in the railroad days. It's weird because planes aren't new. It's not like we just all started flying on planes in the last couple years. Um, so, I mean, it does. it's not a perfect example. But certainly there was for a while the thought that traveling on a train triggered some sort of I, psychosis wouldn't have been the word we used then, but like nervous condition probably mm -hmm. would have been the phrase people used. It was a big turning point. We're talking about like mainly the 
uh, mid to late 1800s is when like railway transportation for like people just going places, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, obviously the railroad existed before that. uh, But this is when the, the really the birth of like, hey, you could get on a train and go somewhere for travel. Wouldn't that be cool? You can get there yeah. faster. Yeah, it gives you a lot. Cool. Yeah, it gives you a lot more freedom. Um, it gives you. It gives everybody a lot more. Everybody who who can buy a ticket, who is allowed to get on the train and can buy a ticket, gets more freedom this way, and they can get places faster. But that's also intimidating. All of a sudden, you have more options, and that FOMO gets wild. <laughs> the FOMO is like, I could be in Colorado with my nephew or whatever it is. I don't know the old-timey people. You have a nephew in Colorado? It's like an old-timey person. That it's like I don't think you have a nephew in Col- I know your nephews. They're not in Right. I'm just Colorado. like an old-timey person would be like I could take I could be taking a train right now to Colorado. Does Griffin know they're in I can Colorado? see that big that big canyon that everybody's been talking about. I hear it's mighty grand and that, that was before it was called the Grand Canyon. Right. But, like, but that was how that was how it got called the Grand Canyon. That was how Somebody it said came. that and they were like, "Oh, that's what we should call it. Tell everybody on trains. We can <laughs> spread the word. Really fast. <laughs> so um, part of this, I will say, and this kind of plays into the whole the whole issue that would happen, is that a woman could get on a train and go somewhere very quickly without anybody controlling her. And that's where it all went wrong. And that that was intimidating specifically and concerning to the menfolk. Yes. Who didn't like the idea of these delicate flowers. Just disappearing. Being, They're being from being in one place and then a few hours later being somewhere else. What are we supposed to do with that? Swiftly transported anywhere. And if they had the means to purchase the ticket, they could maybe go without your permission. Ooh. <laughs> so there was so there was a lot tied up. And I, the reason I, I put this concept in your head is that the people who seem to suffer from this railway madness that we're going to talk about were primarily men. They seemed to be the ones who were stricken with whatever mm-hmm. was happening to them. And, you know, it is not, I don't think it's wild to suggest that part of it was them being confronted with this new, like, revolution in industry and technology and travel and, like, the implications of that for their sort of stranglehold on all of society, Mm -hmm. if that's fair to say. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, So throughout the late 1800s and like really the 1860s is where we start to see a lot of these reports. The 60s and the 70s are where you see like tons of reports in newspapers of railway madness. It will really fade out for the most part in like the 1890s. There are a couple scattered cases after that. But for the most part, this is when we see like Men getting kind of wild on trains for reasons that <laughs> I I used to <laughs> I used to love those DVDs mm-hmm. uh, that in, when I was in college they'd yeah. advertise them on TV. It's like men go wild on trains. Men going wild on trains. Nineteen ninety nine. So uh, let me give you a flavor of what this looked like because you're like, what are what are these guys doing? I know that's what you're wondering. Like, what is railway madness? What is happening? It's not one thing. It's basically people behaving sort of like I talked about on planes in ways that are not conducive to railway travel <laughs> right. while on trains. Um, there was a guy on a train to Liverpool who started, who pulled out a pistol and then started attacking all the windows with his pistol and like hitting them and just running up and down the train, yelling at people and kind of freaking out and attack. And he didn't actually shoot anybody, but obviously he had a gun. So it was scary. Right. And then when the train stopped... Not at li- he was he was riding all the way to Liverpool, so it wasn't his stop. But when it did stop for other people to get off, he like chilled out. He sat down. Yeah. He was calm. 
And then when the train started going again, right back up attacking the windows. Wow. Right. Uh, there was a case of a really, like, of a, a Scottish guy who was, like, a rich aristocrat, like, you know, well-to-do, probably the kind of guy who would sit there very posh, you know, staring down other customers is kind of like the vibe I get. He took off all his clothes and was, like, leaning naked out of the windows, yelling as the train was going. But why? Uh, we don't know. And But once he got off the train, totally fine. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Regained his composure and seemed to be fine. You can find, by the way, if you look this up, you'll find illustrations from old-timey newspapers. Oh, nice. Um, and I love these because they're like, it's some of them are like cartoon panels, like comic strip style. Like, <laughs> here's the guy emerging from his train car looking kind of like wild-eyed. And here he is in the hallway with his fist raised, like he's yelling something. And then here he is trying to like attack a woman in a train car and like the woman is you know it's all victorian so like she's like fainting and he's looking very wild and then there's one of like um <laughs> people like restraining a passenger and then somebody like punching a guy like one guy punching another guy and everybody looks very dignified except for like the the one guy who's like eyes are really wide like this is the wild man. Everyone else is very <laughs> dignified. But I would highly recommend if you want to know more about these railway madness incidents, you would check out these illustrations just because I, I just think that's really, why don't we do that anymore? Do why do we just take pictures of things? Why don't we do illustrations of events? Oh, you know, you see illustrations from time to time. You know, time, we'll have one on the cover. New Yorker cartoons, I think, are still a big thing. We have editorial oh, cartoons now. The, 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 we've moved forward to these hilarious goof factories of editorial <laughs> cartoons. Um, there were, and there were like more intense. Like some of these were kind of like these uh, these stories I'm telling you, where it was mainly like somebody sort of running around screaming, or somebody like waving out the windows, and they were acting really threatening or intimidating, but they didn't necessarily do anything. But there were like actual like. Injuries, knife attacks, and murders that took place sometimes. Wow. And, uh, and like, there was this story that, and again, this was, like, these stories would be published and everybody would talk about them And after they were in the newspaper. There was, like, this huge sailor guy, like, this big burly guy who, like, you know, whatever happened, he started becoming very threatening and running around and out of his head on a on a train. And so four guys had to hold him down and tie him to a seat for the rest of the journey so that he wouldn't attack anybody. Ugh. And uh, so what was happening? I don't know, Sydney. Right? So, like, all of this is going on. But why? You just give me a lot of questions but no answers. Well, I'm going to tell you. Oh, thank goodness. But first, got to go to the building department. Right. That one I saw coming. Yeah. So. You should have. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that... no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support 
and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I'm eating filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're going to talk about pancakes smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, And the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Are you tired of being picked on for only wanting to talk about your cat at parties? Do you feel as though your friends don't understand the depth of love you have for your guinea pig? When you look around a room of people, do you wonder if they know sloths only have to eat one leaf a month? Have you ever dumped someone for saying they're just not an animal person? Us too. She's Alexis B. Preston. She's Ella McLeod. And we host Comfort Creatures, the show where you can't talk about your pets too much, animal trivia is our love language, and dragons are just as real as dinosaurs. Tune into Comfort Creatures every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Hi everyone, I'm Lara House. And I'm Annabelle Gerwich, and sometimes it feels like the whole world is a dumpster fire. Right? There's too much to worry about. That's why we make Tiny Victories. It's a 15-minute podcast where we celebrate our minor accomplishments and fleeting joys. And listeners call in, like Valerie, who found the perfect gift for her daughter's boyfriend, and Adam, who finally turned his couch cushion the right way. And little happinesses, like how birdsong helps your brain. That's science. So join us in not freaking out for 15 minutes a week. That's Tiny Victories with Annabelle and Laura, Mondays on Maximum Fun. Woo! It's a tiny victory just to make a network promo. Honestly. Okay, Dr. McElroy, you kept me in suspense long enough. Now, I think part of what you've got to know, too, is like the, the, the milieu around these attacks is that people were becoming really afraid of, like, trains and what they could do to people and why people were doing it. And part of that was because of, like, at that point in history, the design of the train itself 
And like, if you were in a bad situation, your ability to access help. I mean, first of all, you're on a train. There's a reason why like a mystery on a train is a thing. You're stuck there. Yeah. You can't go anywhere. Yes. It's scary. Self-contained. Yes. That's a scary place for bad things to happen. Um, In addition, if you were in like a private carriage, those lock from the inside. Oh. Right? Yes. The perfect place for a murder. Not only that, like all the carriages and some of them lock from the inside and you might have to share it with someone else. So then you're really stuck, right? If somebody starts to become, you know, I don't know, whatever, they start to have some sort of episode and you're locked in there with them. Nobody can get to you from the outside. Even if they could, the chances that anybody else on the train would know it was happening are pretty slim because there wasn't like an easy way of communication. It's not like they had people going around peeking in every window constantly to make sure everybody was not taking their clothes off or whatever. Right. In fact, they specifically don't want windows so that you can take your clothes off or whatever you want to do. For, there, right? But in a, in a normal way. In a normal, normal way. normal, appropriate way. So, like, there were, tra- there were train lines that tried to address this by, like, putting little teeny windows in every car, which was just, like— what I mean, it's what, like the peeping Tom yeah. window. It's like the pervert window. Yeah, we like, made a special pervert window just for perverts. I know, like that nobody wants that in their private <laughs> car, help. especially if like you're sleeping there overnight. Like, yeah. no, I don't want a little window where somebody can stare at me while I'm sleeping. I appreciate the effort. And then they tried to like figure out like, well, how can we like wire communications through the train? But there was just no easy way at that point in technological history to do that. So you were secluded, you were kind of trapped, nobody could know, like you could scream for help and people might not hear you right away. So that, I mean, that added to like, it was really scary mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Sure. And because of that, it it attracted the attention of doctors and scientists, medical professionals who were like, we've got to, we got to figure this out. Why are men going wild on trains? <laughs> Especially men who, I mean, the thought was that these aren't necessarily people with some sort of psychiatric diagnosis. There's something like these are people who were who had no issues, got on a train, behaved very atypically for them, and then got off the train and were fine. I wonder if part of it was claustrophobia. I know that Could be. you know you're not technically with claustrophobia. It's not just norm about the like the physical confinement. It's the idea of confinement, right? It's the idea that like you can't do something if you need to. And I could see that getting, you know, if you're someone who tended to perseverate on things anyway, it's starting to mm-hmm. get a little maddening. I can see, I mean, I can definitely see people having a variety of like different panic attacks and anxiety attacks in those situations. I mean, I certainly have had moments because I'm not afraid of flying, but I do get nervous sometimes. And I have had moments on airplanes where I'll just get this thought that I can't, it's an intrusive thought. That's what it's called. Like that the plane's going to crash and I can't get it out of my head. Mm-hmm. And I have had those moments. And it is hard because it's your brain doing it to you to convince yourself that it doesn't mean something. Right. Like that's just a random intrusive thought. It doesn't mean anything. And then you're at the back of your head. Brain's going like, or maybe it oh, does. But what if it does? Maybe we all have a little clairvoyance, Sydney. It's a great. Maybe we all have a, a little touch of it. <laughs> it's one of our great flaws that the thing that is supposed to talk us out of bad thoughts is this is the same thing making the bad thoughts. We it, just have the one mind. Exactly. Exactly. And so a lot of that. Now, I mean, I do think it's and, and when you hear about people who are just sort of like screaming or threatening other passengers, a lot of that makes sense. People getting naked, it starts to break down or actually like stabbing someone yeah. like someone with claustrophobia doesn't they're not going to do that. Unless you're train drunk. No, I mean, they could be drunk. 
Like train it, drunk. This that's was a whole a, other level of drunk. If you ever see someone train drunk or plain drunk, that's a different drunk. We're in Victorian times, so sure. I imagine there's a lot of like suppressed flaskmanship <laughs> desire yeah. in a variety of ways. So I don't know if people were drinking. I don't know. They might have been. They could have been. But they started. So they started looking into like what what could this what could be happening. Which, by the way, part of this too was the thought initially. Like, are these people who are already mentally ill in some way? That we, that this was the popular theory. They're escaping from some sort of institution. And because we have trains now, they can get away really quickly. Oh, right. Like, hello, I'm a regular passenger. I'm (laughs) ready to get on. No, no one's looking for me. Let's go. It's it's like, and there was this, there was very much this fear, like, but now people be with the advent of trains, people could escape from, you know, a psychiatric hospital and be anywhere instantly. Mm-hmm. Kind of like an infectious disease. See these things echo. Like it's the same thing, right? And now the virus can get on a plane and go anywhere. So the popular medical opinion at the time was the vibrations of the train. Oh, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Sure. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah. That's what that was what there were there were a lot of um doctors who published papers and did lectures basically theorizing that, you know, when you're on a train, it's shaky, it vibrates. There's vibrations. You can feel it moving. And the thought was that these constant vibrations were also like shaking your nerves. And at the time, the concept of nerves, and depending on where you live, you may still hear this used frequently. Yeah. I have nerves. I have bad nerves. I have a bad case of the nerves. Yeah. Which isn't really like that's not a diagnosis. Now, when people say it, they usually mean something like anxiety. That's usually what they're referencing. Or they may be just sort of talking about like stress, not not an actual like diagnosis, but more like my nerves are really bad today. And what they mean is like, I'm having a rough day. It's very stressful, that right. kind of thing. At the time, nerves that send signals through your body, electrical impulses and all that stuff, messengers, and your sort of general like ability to deal with stress and stuff, it was all kind of the same, right? Your concept of that was all the same. So, um, we still thought that nerves was a thing and that it made you weak and scared and anxious. And also it was very much associated with being a woman. Mm-hmm. Nerves was a thing that pretty much women got. Men could get it, but it was really a problem of women. And it was very much related to like hysteria, which we've done a whole episode on, which was basically like a woman behaving in a way that we don't want the woman to behave. She is hysterical. And that, and that was tied to, like, movement of the uterus throughout the body and stuff like that over time. Right. But, like, basically the idea is that these vibrations, by shaking your nerves, can make you into a woman. Not literally. Right. But you but are, your constitution becomes Like that. that. Like unto that of a woman. Like that of a woman. So you will become weak and frail and easily startled and upset. And you will feel that. And the theory put forth by some male doctors at the time is that we cannot we cannot get too upset at these men. We cannot blame them because they are not weak and frail. They don't want to – it was very much like hysteria. Some people said, like, is this just what hysteria looks like in men? Well, we don't want to label them with that, right? Because right. the reason women become hysterical is because they're weak mm-hmm. and their minds are weak. And their constitutions are weak. And so they can't they can't deal with the modern world, so they become hysterical. Men certainly could never do that. This is, again, in the 
This is not me. We're right. Sydney is re- referencing uh, the past. She is not saying that like the current right. in the current time period. Right. Uh, so basically, hysteria doesn't exist. <laughs> so yeah. Yes, hysteria does not exist. That is not a thing. So it. So basically, what is happening is that these men are getting on trains, <laughs> and they're fine. And then the vibrations start. And they start to feel these changes in their body. They start to feel themselves becoming weak and anxious and of, you know, like a woman, mm-hmm. basically. Like their concept of what a woman feels like inside. I want to play with you in this space, but you understand how hard that is for me to, like, add to this suit. I'm just kind of letting you so handle this. So when faced with this loss of manliness and virility and— the strong, tough constitution that a man has, when faced with that, it is only natural that they would become mad. Yes. And that they would take all their clothes off and wave pistols at people. To feel all their manpower being it, drained from them by the vibrations. It is It is only, it is expected of someone with a strong constitution that when faced with the concept of losing that, they would appear to us as if they had become psychotic. Mm, got it. Well, and that so, actually makes perfect sense. Well, while for women, this is just inherent to who, who and what they are. Mm-hmm. For men, this is a physical problem that caused this, and it's the train's fault. <laughs> and it's not man's fault. It's train fault. And now women, it's still their fault. Women, it's right. all their fault because they're so weak of mind and constitution. But for men, it's really just like it's the train. Um, so we it was really just because they were afraid they were turning into women. We okay. can't blame them for that. And this was the popular like medical explanation from people at the time is that <laughs> these vibrations did something to your nerves. And this is and and this is why you kind of lost it. But like also, why did it mainly happen to men? Because Women are used to feeling this way, basically. They're, Women yeah. always feel the way men feel on trains. <laughs> we we walk around. And, Is this what it's like for you every day? Yeah, we walk around in a constant state of feeling frail and weak and anxious and hysterical. Mm-hmm. You know, like on like like at any moment we could just who knows go yeah. wild, take our clothes off. Yeah, and then. You know, many years later, there'd be a whole series about the girls going wild, but mm. not yet. Not on trains. Not on, no, the girls didn't go. I mean, I don't know. I didn't watch those videos. They may have gone wild on trains. I'll Google. That's totally pop. Don't Google that. <laughs> don't Google that. Um. So anyway, you could imagine, too, how this would play into, like, if this is what the vibrations were doing to men on trains, what could they do to women? Ugh. I mean, they're already... <laughs> So li- it like they're already li- so frail. Liquefy them like T2, just melt mm-hmm. melt down. You just, you feel the right vibrations and you're just, you're gone. No, there was a lot of concern that extended train rides would be hard on women because they already have such poor constitutions. And so like if you put these frail women on trains and they feel these vibrations for too long, then they may become hysterical and you'll have to institutionalize them. Also, like it's a good reason, I think, to tell your wife not to get on trains alone. It sure would be useful to keep her at home. Yeah, if you had this. <laughs> if you told her that the vibrations would would harm her because men can barely stand them. Um, it was also a good reason why women were encouraged not to like ever work on trains. Not that that was a huge option for many of them at the time, but like to get them in the engine room would be, I mean, that's where the vibrations would be the worst. So this so. is why while I was in the shower this morning, you came into the bathroom and started yelling about how you weren't allowed to work on trains. <laughs> 
That sounds like a joke that I made up, but it's actually what Sydney did. And she said, you men always keeping me from working on a train. I can work on a train if I want to. I was absolutely like in the zone, enjoying my book, like on tape or whatever was I was listening to. I assumed it was a Disney video. Sometimes it's a Disney video. Sometimes it's a, a, a an audio book. Yeah. I'm a well-read man. Uh, Driv- so, it was driven insane by trains. So anyway, it was a big, like, it was a big deal. Um, Nellie Bly, the famous investigative journalist, who I think most of us remember the story of when she went, like, undercover in one of the institutions for a, a lot, for, pe- for people who had mental illness, but then a lot of people were put there for various reasons. There is certainly a sawbones about Nellie Bly, right? No, I don't think we've ever done a sawbones oh. about Nellie Bly. Um, she also, like, famously made a train trip. That was an—I didn't know that, but, like, that was a big part of it. it was, like, she rode on a train for a really long time and went on a ad- train adventure. And that was, train like, a big adventure. deal because, yeah, like, she was a woman yeah. and she went on a train adventure. And that, that's part of why it was a big deal is, like, trains were dangerous. Yeah. And she went on a big train adventure. How many men um, did she have sort of, like, watching over her throughout this adventure? You know, I don't know. Don't, I don't know a ton about her train adventure. It may have been—you're saying it might have been solo. That's terrifying. A yeah, solo woman on a train. Ugh. What will they think of next? It's like a dog playing the piano. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that what they found, finally came to is like a little train riding could be okay because maybe even though the vibrations in a man can be dangerous, the vibrations in a woman, yeah, too many could be dangerous, but maybe a little would be actually good for them because maybe it would make them stronger and tougher, kind oh, of like kind yeah. of like men are. Maybe okay, it would cool. toughen them up. So I don't know. I don't know why train vibrations suddenly can alter your your gender identity in yeah. this <laughs> in this Victorian concept. But that was very much like what people thought for just like a couple decades, like these train vibrations. <laughs> and then you'd hear these reports in the news and be like, oh, another guy, the vibrations, look what the vibra- look at this poor man, look what the vibrations did to him. Stay off those trains, honey. Don't you get on those trains. Just a little bit because you're more fun when you get on a train for a little bit, but you're on there too much and I'm going to have to institutionalize you. Um and then it just went away. It's like a lot of these when we've talked about sort of like these um, mass uh, psychogenic illnesses that we've talked about in the past, kind of like the dancing plague mm-hmm. or like the laughing plague and things like that. So like this was there. And then in like the 1890s, we just stopped talking about it and people were just riding on trains. And if somebody had some sort of episode or something on a train, there was another one in 1894 where there was a person who got naked and, like, tried to disable the communications on the train. Well, that's and intense. then, like, was roaming all over trying to attack people. Like, it was a very intense thing. And, of course, it was reported on. Like, of course, the news is going to talk about it. But it was in no way tied to railway madness. It was no way put in the context of this thing that we talked about for a couple decades <laughs> and we're all really worked up about and that doctors wrote papers about. It was like, well, I don't know. A guy, a guy did a weird thing on a train anyway in other news. And they moved on to other things. And like railway madness was pretty much forgotten and nobody worried about vibrations on trains anymore. Go figure. So There you go. I don't know. Trains are, hey, listen, trains are statistically speaking still one of the safest ways to travel. I hope no one is put off of trains through this. You know, I love trains. I know you love the romance of the rails. The romance of the rails. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. It's called Sawbones. We've been doing it for uh, over 10 years now. It's true. Uh, If you enjoy the show, we'd ask that you share it with a friend. What about that? We never ask that. Just say, like, hey, this is a good show. Put on your threads or your blueskies or whatever you're doing these days. Uh, Thanks to, (laughs) to the taxpayers. 
for the use of our song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And, and thank thanks. you, Chris from Long Island. I wouldn't have known anything about all of this if it weren't for you sending us that email. Great. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, what's our email again, Justin? Sawbones at MaximumFun.org. Yes, if you have uh, topic suggestions, please keep sending them my way because I love learning about this stuff too. Yeah. And that's going to do it for us. Until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Fun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.